This episode of Coach Talk is brought to you by P2C Athlete Prep. Everyone, welcome to another go. episode of Coach Talk. I am joined here today by Coach Courtney Burns of Mitchell College. Coach Burns, thank you for joining us. Welcome to Coach Talk. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as Stephen said, my name is Courtney Burns. I'm the head women's basketball coach at Mitchell College. I'm going into my fourth year here at Mitchell and I started my career at Rhode Island College in Providence, um, had a great experience there. I always kind of touch upon that because that's the reason why I got into coaching uh, at the collegiate level in the first place. Um, had an amazing experience, uh, got to play under uh, a really great head coach and Marcus Riley, who's now a uh, Division One assistant at Bryant College, uh, also in Rhode Island. Uh, but at the time, it was a program that was undergoing a major culture change uh, we ended up competing and winning the school's first ever Little East title in uh, NCAA tournament um, at our gym. Um, so it was an amazing experience. You know, still talk to my teammates every day, um, but it was one of the big reasons why I started to get into college coaching in the first place. Um, my first coaching job was actually at Johnson & Wales University in Providence uh, as a Division Three assistant. Um, I spent one season there and was very fortunate uh, after that first year uh, at a very young age to be able to get a full-time job as a Division II assistant in the Northeast 10. Uh, that season, I worked under uh, Bert DeSalvo. Um, very interesting situation. He was only there for one year, um, but I got to dive into every aspect of coaching, scouting reports, recruiting. Um, I was the recruiting coordinator that year, and um, just a little bit of everything in terms of the program. Um, following that, um, we ended up kind of changing direction at that school very late in the game and ended up getting a, a job and I think it was August, which as most coaches know, it's not a good time to be looking for, you know, a college coaching job in August. Um, but was very fortunate with some of the connections I had made through my, my, my playing and coaching uh, years that was able to get a part-time assistant job at Southern New Hampshire University. Um, it was part-time, um, so I ended up living with my mother in Massachusetts and actually drove two hours each way, uh, you know, to kind of break into this, you know, coaching you, know, you hear a lot of people talk about having to pay your dues. So, you know, I felt those were my kind of years where I really paid my dues. Um, the head coach there, uh, Karen Pinkos, who's still there today, um, was awesome. Treated me as if I were a full-time assistant, you know, was able to allow me to split the responsibilities with the first assistant in terms of recruiting responsibilities and, and scouting. Um, and it was there I actually got involved in um, the offensive side of the game, which was something that was a little bit different for me. 
Uh, we ended up implementing what we call as a read and react offense, um, which is pretty popular now, um, invented by Rick Torbett. You know, he runs clinics and seminars all across, you know, the country. Um, and that was something that became a staple in my coaching career. Um, I spent two seasons at Southern New Hampshire and ended up getting the job here at Mitchell. Um, and that was kind of how my career path has gone to today. And, you know, now I'm going into year four. So, Coach, where's Mitchell located? Mitchell is located in New London, Connecticut. So right in the in between uh, some really big cities. So right smack in the middle between New York City and Boston, Massachusetts. So, um, you know, the good part is we have some different areas that you can explore. We're actually, we kind of call ourselves beach country of Connecticut. Our, our campus has its own private beach, which is awesome. Um, but again, if they want to get out, we're a train ride away from New York and about a two-hour train ride away from Boston. Good deal, good deal. So now... Connecticut, a lot of snow. It's cold yes. in the winters up there. Yes. Luckily, we've only had uh, one snowstorm so far this year, so we're doing all right. The other day, it was <laughs> in, in the 40s, so not too bad. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's, let's, let's delve into this thing a little bit. So Connecticut, <clears throat> are you guys playing right now? So we actually, our students just got back on Monday and okay. we actually just had a meeting this week. So what they've decided is we're going to kind of take the same approach as high school sports in Connecticut. So last week, high school sports were approved for a shortened season. Um, our conference tournament was canceled. Unfortunately, they canceled it um, pretty early on. And what they decided is we're going to play local games in Connecticut. So there's a, a variety of other different Division three schools in the state of Connecticut, so we don't have to cross any state lines. Um, so we have seven games scheduled right now um, against okay. other D3s in Connecticut, and we're, we're anticipated to start practice February 8th, which would be nice. And then we'll be able to play games from then until kind of like the end of March. Okay, okay. Sounds good. So how has this boogeyman called the coronavirus impacted recruiting for you guys? For us, it's been, uh, there's, there's good pieces and I think there's bad pieces to it. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on always being on the road. Um, you know, we're at tournaments pretty much every weekend. The second the AAU circuit starts, usually we use AAU as kind of our guideline to build our lists. And once we have our list of, you know, prospects that we've spoken to, you know, that's when it translates into high school season and us kind of seeing them in high school to see them a little bit more and just kind of support them and build that relationship um, you know, but with the delay in AAU this year, you know, there were still some tournaments, um, which was great. Um, but a lot of the teams that we traditionally recruit, you know, we're not attending those tournaments. Um, you know, it was a lot of the bigger name AAU programs, some of the EYBL teams uh, and things along those lines. So it was a lot more difficult for us to see any players live. Um, it was nice. Some of the tournaments uh, did live stream, which was great. So we were able to kind of, you know, purchase those packets as coaches and, you know, be able to see some players. Um, but unfortunately for us, it was not the, the teams that we are traditionally seeing and recruiting or the tournaments that we would traditionally go to. Um, so social media and coaching coach relationships have been huge for us during this time. Um, you know, I pride myself not just in the recruiting process of building relationships, but building relationships with a high school coaches as well. Um, so what's been nice on our end is, you know, I've been able to reach out to those coaches and just, you know, tell them what we're looking for and what we're trying to recruit. Um, and they've sent us, you know, individual workouts or small group workouts of, of student athletes um, just to showcase their game. 
Um, you know, they've gotten us in touch with, you know, different players who've been able to send us, you know, older film from high school. Um, so it's been a lot of emails. Um, Twitter, I was actually telling somebody today, has been huge for us uh, during the pandemic. Really? We have gotten, yeah, it's been, which is interesting because I feel like, um, you know, a lot of my players and a lot of athletes are more driven on Instagram nowadays. So we have social media at, uh, for our Mitchell Women's Basketball Program on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, um, you know, a lot of the younger players at the you know high school level are more Instagram based. But for recruiting this year, Twitter has been huge. I'd ha- I've had coaches from all different states reaching out to me on Twitter, you know, sending film. Um, you know, we've had some players following us on Twitter. Um, anytime a player follows me, um, I'm always looking on their page to try to find if, you know, they have any highlights, if there's any clips, you know, any links to maybe some live games. Um, so we've had a lot of communication with uh, recruits through Twitter during this pandemic. Um, I would say about half of our recruiting list and the other half has come from uh, relationships I have from coaches um, all all around, to be honest. So it's been, okay. you know, I think it us to take a different uh, a different opportunity. And, you know, I think you know, maybe it's not traditional, but I think we're able to talk to, you know, maybe some athletes that we necessarily wouldn't have seen in the past. So, you know, we've been making the best of it. It's not our more traditional approach, but, you know, I think it's been okay in terms of the type of players we're looking to get and bring in. And we've been able to find some, you know, players, unfortunately for the 2021 class, I think with division one and division two, getting that scholarship year back, it limited the amount of scholarship opportunities. And I think we've been able to talk to some players who, you know, maybe would have potentially had the opportunity to earn a division two scholarship that maybe would have been taken away just because of, you know, everybody getting that year back, there's a limited amount to be given out to that class. So we've tried to kind of take, take advantage of that opportunity, being able to get some higher caliber players that necessarily in the past, maybe would have gone to division two. I had a conversation with um, one of my, my co- fellow coaching buds. And uh, one of the things that he said was, don't be surprised if you see some division three, all Americans moving up because they got that extra year. Yeah, I think that's going to happen, you know, all around everybody getting that year back. It's going to, I think it's going to change the women's game tremendously. I think the women's game has changed quite a bit over the last few years, just in terms of the caliber of players. And you're seeing more women at the D1 level starting to dunk and a certain different level of athleticism. And I always kind of compare it back to, you know, when John Wooden had his time with the men, how how much the men's game transformed. And, you know, I think Gino and Pat Summon have done the same for the women's game. And I think this, this pandemic, as tough as it's been on a lot of people, I think it's going to even out all the levels to – uh, a way that's going to push our game a little bit more competitively, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, so as you continue to adapt the way you recruit and, and everything, has the has where you recruited as far as like, I'm assuming before the pandemic, you guys were probably more regionally based in your recruiting. Has this allowed you to really expand your reach on the recruiting because of the Twitter, the Instagram, social media, has it allowed you to, I guess, increase where you're recruiting from beyond that regional level? Yeah, I think so. I would say, you know, our roster right now is made up of a lot of players from uh, New York, particularly in the uh, in the city, the New Rochelle and Bronx area. 
Um, we have a lot of players from the different Hartford and uh, East Hartford, New Britain area of Connecticut. Uh, we actually last year broke into Maryland, which I was pretty excited about. We've been doing that, trying to get into Maryland uh, for a little while. They get some good players down there. So, you know, we were excited. We finally brought in a freshman uh, from there this year. And one of the big areas we've been trying to break into, and usually we go to the uh, Nike Tournament of Champions in Chicago. Um, and they have a lot of teams from the Texas area. So we've been trying to break into Texas. And I think we were pretty close. Um, I think we've been in the top two. And they've stayed a little bit closer to home. Um, I think everybody with everything going on are kind of looking at every opportunity. So, you know, we're recruiting a point guard out of North Carolina right now. Um, I just talked to a young lady from Louisiana um, who's connected through Twitter. So I think not just us as coaches, we've been utilizing social media to try to reach out to more people and, you know, kind of showcase, you know, Mitchell College. But I think the student athletes as well are you know, I give a lot of them credit. They're trying to promote themselves because they didn't have the opportunity. And, you know, I think they're utilizing Twitter very well to reach out to coaches and follow different programs. And it's allowed definitely a lot more conversations from a variety of different, you know, states as opposed to before. Um, right now, like I said, our roster is made up of New York, Connecticut, and we have that, you know, one player. And so hopefully after, you know, this uh, this recruiting class, we'll just say we have a kid from North Carolina and also a kid from Louisiana. So, so. You said something there. These kids are marketing and promoting themselves. That's a, a big component to what our mission here is, educating student athletes and parents on how to do just that thing. And so as these student athletes are reaching out to you and your staff, marketing and promoting themselves and using Twitter and Instagram and maybe even Facebook, what are some things that they can be doing that won't get them recruited that they may not even be aware about? So I'll go through kind of the, the recruiting process in which we like to do it to be efficient. Um, I don't know if you say you, we won't recruit you if you do these certain things, but um, you know now because there is such a high volume of student athletes reaching out and trying to grab attention, I always like for a student athlete to send me a highlight video first because um, I have the ability to watch it within, you know, two or three minutes. Um, I'm pretty good at it. If I know if in two and three minutes I watch your highlight film and I don't like you, um, you know, I, there's a reason either you don't fit our system or, or the skill set. It's hard to get an idea of the personality at first. I'll look, yeah. you know, do you fit our systems? We're a read and react team. So we're looking for players that are versatile, um, can do multiple things. Um, we look at a player and say, hey, can they shoot the three? Can they, uh, you know, do they have a mid-range game and, you know, do they have the ability to finish uh, at the rim? And as a guard, we need a player that can do at least two of those three things in order to be successful within our system. Um, and then our post players, we like to be versatile. You know, we don't have a traditional back to the basket. You know, we want them to have a, a move or two, but we want them to be able to step out a little bit to the perimeter as well. So we're looking for a specific type of player. So when I see their highlight film, you know, within one to two minutes, I know whether or not I feel that, you know, they could potentially fit our system. And then usually it's a follow up. Uh, OK, I want to talk to you. Um, I'm really big on building relationships in the recruiting process. We want to have good kids that work hard, are good students. Um, and, you know, being Division three, we don't have the opportunity to work with them in the preseason and the postseason. So we need self-motivated, self-motivated players. So. After that highlight film, it usually results in, you know, I was trying to set up a phone call where we talk on the phone. Um, you know, I like student athletes who want to grind, who want to get better, you know, who want to be a part of a winning program. 
Um, some things that turn me off in terms of talking with a player is, you know, we always ask you experience. When I hear a lot of negative feedback on their coach or their experience or their playing, that kind of raises a little bit of a red flag uh, for me in terms of things that you don't want to hear. Um, you know, it usually ends up resulting or if you talk to a player and they've jumped from, you know, four or five different AAU programs or, you know, transitioned high school three or four times, that concerns me in a sense of, you know, okay, if we, this student athlete comes here and maybe as a freshman they don't play, are they going to transfer or are they not going to, you know, like their particular role? Those are some red flags I would have to say if we're talking to someone initially. Um, and then after we see that high school, uh, see that highlight film in a traditional year, we'd go out and see them play live. Um, now it's more asking for some full game film if they have anything just to kind of see them in a flow of a game you know, see what they do when they make a mistake. Do they hang their head? Do they, you know, do they move on? Do they encourage their teammates um, and things along those lines? And then once we determine from there whether or not we feel they're a good fit, uh, I reach out to our recruits once a week, whether it be on the phone or through text uh, between myself and my assistant coach. Um, we're constantly communicating, and I feel we get a really good scope of who they are as people, um, and that's really important. Um, and I think if you were to talk to our players here, you know, I have a very good relationship with, you know, every player on oh man she froze no we're pretty is it unfrozen yes um no so that relationship just starts in the re recruiting process um and that's you know we spend a lot of time making sure we have you know the right type of kid that's you know going to work hard and be successful here so what things are red flags for you as a coach especially looking at social media, like what are some of the things that you say, okay, I, we can't recruit this kid or it may make you at least have a second thought about recruiting a student athlete, just looking at their social media profile. I would say um, profanity, putting anything, writing things down and, you know, cursing on social media. I think you have to be careful in which of the things you're writing on there. Um, you know, I think, Sometimes we tell we tell our player, you know, you're presenting yourself and your school and Mitchell when you're using your social media accounts. It's almost like you're going for a job interview. So make sure everything that you post on there um, represents you in a, in a good light. Um, I've seen, you know, pictures of, you know, recruits with their middle finger up um, and things along those lines or bad mouthing, you know, certain people or programs. And those are just kind of character traits that we become really big red flags uh, for us. Um, so I would say those are probably the biggest uh, pieces of, you know, no, we don't want to get involved, you know, with this student athlete. Um, there have been players that we have talked to and we've talked about, you know, sometimes players come from places that they don't realize that that comes off the way it does. And we've still had conversations and if it changes and they make a, a attempt to, um, make it better, that's something that we consider and say, okay, that player can have some growth um, in there. But those are some pretty big red flags. We always tell our players, as I would tell any recruit, anything you post stays up there and it's going to carry through even to your you know, professional career. When you're going for a job interview and things like that, people are going to look to see how you present yourselves. And if you're constantly cursing on social media or you know, posting negative images or posting, um, you know, negative pictures of yourself or, you know, revealing pictures of yourself. It doesn't present you in the best light and people um, can judge you based on those things. So make sure you're always presenting yourself in a professional manner um, in the social media avenue. Yeah, definitely. That's huge. Um, 
one of the things that I always have a conversation about with my peers is, is um, you know, this generation of student athletes has grown up with a camera in their face, always in their hand, <clears throat> and they've been told from day one that they can do whatever they want to do. But where I think the failure from my generation to them was we didn't tell them they could do whatever they wanted to do within the confines of the rules set for the, to play the game. And so, Absolutely. <laughs> and so I think that's what drives a lot of times these student athletes who they think they can post whatever, say whatever, do whatever, and there's no repercussions from it. And the reality is there's a lot of repercussions from it. And just educating them on that fact so that they understand that, hey, it does make a difference what I say and what I post because it could keep me from getting recruited. And in some instances, it may even keep me from getting a scholarship. It's huge. So let's move forward here a little bit. You guys have done a lot of recruiting on social media because of the pandemic. What's been the biggest change for you and your staff from 2019 till now when it comes to identifying players, um, recruiting them and building that relationship with them to determine whether or not you want them on your, as a part of your program or not? So I would say, um, like I said uh, earlier, we are on the road all the time. Um, so in Division Three, we don't have those restrictions like Division One and Division Two, where we have live periods. Um, and I actually coach an AAU uh, team out here as well, which allows me the opportunity to travel a little bit more. So um, you know, D three sometimes doesn't get the opportunity to go to you know some of those live period events because of financial reasons and travel and things along those lines. Um, so one of the things when I took the job here was, you know, not many people knew about Mitchell College and the program was not particularly uh, skilled or talented. And, you know, we had a very, you know, our school had a good reputation, but our women's basketball program had kind of that easy win reputation. And so yeah. when I came here, uh, you know, I talked with my staff and I've had a, you know, a variety of different assistants work for me, which has been great, all from different areas and every assistant that we've had here. Our, our job is to be on the road and be seen all the time. And that's the approach that we've taken. And what we've done is you would see Mitchell College on every, at every tournament on the sideline to the point that people know who Mitchell College is now. And one of the things we would always do is if we identified a prospect at a tournament, we would talk with them after they were done for the day. So NCAA rules allow us to actually have a you know a face-to-face -face conversation with them once they've completed their competition for the day. And that's where we would kind of initiate our first our first talk. I'd get a chance to talk to the AAU coach, say that I was interested in them. Um, and then what I would do is if we had a tournament on a Saturday, you have that introduction, you talk to their coach, you get to talk to them, and then they see you sitting on the sideline the next day. Um, we like to try to attend as many of their games as possible. One to just how they do over the course of a weekend where they're playing three, four, five games. 
And, you know, I separate myself from the other coaches that are there. And I usually try to go down to whatever sideline or whatever baseline they're shooting on. So you make yourself stick out a little bit more than just all the college coaches sitting on one on one kind of row of chairs, um, as long as the tournament allows it. So we're able to be seen. We're able to have that, you know, face to face initial conversation. Um, and like I said, we're, in terms of building a relationship, that's very important to us. And, you know, if they see us at that first tournament, you know, the next time they're at another tournament, we get their schedule and, you know, we're trying to follow them. So when we identify our top prospects, you know, we're trying to be at every one of their tournaments to, you know, show them that we're supporting them, that, you know, they're important to us and important to our program. Um, that's been the biggest change for me is I was like, I feel like I have all this free time. I'm not traveling anywhere. So again, it's a lot of, a lot of different uh, avenues in terms of having to watch more film online, um, you know, again, recruit more through social media. So we've adapted and we would never use it as an excuse. And like I said, I think we've been able to identify some prospects outside of the Northeast that we, you know, really like and are very talented that we're excited about. Um, but I think that's the biggest piece. And so we've tried to continue to build our relationships through, you know, phone calls and texting and things along those lines. Um, usually we would have student athlete come up for an unofficial visit and have them kind of go through, let them meet our team. Um, get a chance to, you know, watch them. A lot of times our girls play pickup in the preseason, allow them to watch and kind of get a sense of what our style of play is and, you know, what our team is like and what the dynamics are. Um, and usually when that goes well, we have them back up for an official visit and they get to stay overnight with the team. And, you know, they get to go out to eat with my assistant and I. So they really get a full scope of what our program is like. Um, they get a chance to really like sit with our team. And I think our team is one of the biggest selling points of even myself and my assistant. You know, I think getting their feedback and them being able to explain to recruit what their experience is like is, is so important. And those are going to be your teammates that you're going to be with for, you know, a majority of your career and not being able to have players on campus for official visits and unofficial visits, which still allowed to have a little bit, but not every building's open. They don't really get a full scope of what we're doing. So we've done Zoom tours with players. You know, we've had players up here with masks on. So we're adapting for sure. And I think we're trying to do the best to make ourselves stand out in a time where, you know, it'd be easy to just use it as an excuse. And so we've adapted to the best of our ability. But, you know, I like that relationship building piece, you know, them being able to really get the ins and outs of our program. And I don't think this recruiting class will have been able to have the same experience in the recruiting process that previous student athletes have. And I think that's not just a Mitchell piece. I think that's an across the board piece. And for a process that's already stressful enough for student athletes, you know, I think it's added a little bit more stress just because of the different avenues they had to take. And because it's a situation that's unique, not just to us as college coaches, but, you know, I've talked to AAU coaches over the last couple of weeks and Hey coach, can you take a look at this kid for me? Yeah, absolutely. And, they're saying that their players are coming to them, asking them, you know, what to do. And some of them are like, I don't have an answer. And, you know, I think it's just adds a little bit more stress to, you know, athletes in, in this process. And, you know, so I feel for those, you know, 2021s that are really trying to figure this out. I think by the time we get to the 22 class, it'll be a little bit better. And I think we'll be kind of back to normal by the time we get to the 23 class. But, um, you know, I, I feel for them in that recruiting process. But it's it's different. It's a very different not as much hands-on approach as it has been in the past. For sure. Let's talk about tournaments real quick. So when you guys normally go out to tournaments, 
do you already know who you're going to go see? It it depends. Um, so if we've had in the past, we've had student athletes that have reached out. So we have a list of like right now we have a list of 22s um, that we're going to look as prospects that have reached out to us through Twitter that have sent you know e- emails through field level and NCSA um, and they send us their schedules. And anybody who sends us something, uh, our approach is we're always going to try to do our best to see them live. So I will gather schedules. My assistant will gather schedules. And when we go to a tournament, we'll have a list of names. Um, and as long as we're able to attend those tournaments, we'll go through and make sure that we've had the opportunity to see them play live and kind of check it off and then let see, hey, you know, take some notes. My assistant and I will come back. We'll reconvene. You know, is this, is this player a good fit? Why or why not? Um, and then we'll go through the list. And then we typically focus on teams that we've seen in the past that we know very well. Um, and what's nice about it is if you can – so, for example, some of the states that we've focused on here at Mitchell in the past have been, you know, Connecticut, New Hampshire, uh, Vermont, Maine. Uh, we really wanted to break into Maryland. Um, Florida has become, you know, good on our list as well. And then the last two and a half years, we really tried to break into Texas um, to try to get some players out there because I think there's a lot of really good in that area. And we've been very close. We haven't got there yet, but we've had a lot of players come visit, which has been you know, kind of nice. And so we'll focus on trying to see all those teams from those states. And then what's nice is they're usually playing somewhere from somebody else. So if we get the chance of watching that team, maybe it wasn't a team in particular we were looking to watch, but it gives us the opportunity to see, you know, some other players outside of that. So, I mean, you can go to tournaments. I know when we go to Chicago, there's like 80 courts at one time. So, you know, we go in with a pretty detailed plan of who we're looking to see, you know, um, and then if any players have contacted us prior, you know, we have their schedule. And we make it a point to see them um, as okay. well. Okay, good deal. Well, we are at the end here of our time, Coach. <clears throat> time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here. This has been Coach Talk. Catch you on the next time. Be blessed, y'all.